Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network should be used to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for June 19th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips, as you know, we, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. We are live six days a week. On the Sabbath, we rest. Quick recap of yesterday's broadcast. We had our guest on, Mr. Chris Carlson, discussion of all things liberty. And we discussed Tucker Carlson's claims that the FBI had a plan in planning the January 6th Capitol riot, Carlson continued and stated that the Capitol rioters, listen carefully, who were listed in court filings as unindicted co-conspirators, were actually federal agents who were orchestrated to be involved in the attack. Furthermore, documents suggest that the January 6th storming of the Capitol was organized by the FBI to frame conservatives and President Donald Trump. Wow. TheNewAmerican.com with that piece. And now you got Tucker Carlson and The New American as the two sources. Something's rotten in Michigan, ladies and gentlemen, because there's a tie, believe it or not, to the forgotten case of the Whitmer, that's Governor Whitmer kidnapping plot. According to the FBI's affidavit, the FBI had undercover agents and informants in the case. They were involved in that as well. And there's a tie between the two to trap conservatives. Yeah, the false flag formula, ladies and gentlemen. 15 ways to detect a false flag. Serious, serious business. We discussed that indeed with Chris Carlson, talking about Tucker Carlson and the New American Magazine article. Incredible documentation there the conservatives uh don't know about it for the most part because they watch the wrong news right the liberals are mocking tucker carlson and the new american but the truth shall make us free more and more and more evidence coming out based on court documents pretty soon the government's going to be dismissing a lot of cases because if we the patriots stand up and if we get the right representation and if we get whistleblowers in our midst etc just like the Ammon Bundy case of yesteryear, we will force them to come on record and prove the provocateur agents that were involved by name, prove the intention of the government to incite violence. That's rogue agents in the government flat out of control, and we need to stop it and call a halt to the con game. Anyway, great reporting on that with Chris Carlson on Tucker Carlson. Interestingly enough, they're not related. Uh, nevertheless, I digress. That was our one of yesterday's broadcast available at LibertyRoundTable.com and LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Tell your neighbors. Donate liberally today, would you please? Second hour, we had on Dr. Scott Bradley his collegiate series, videos, books, workbooks, and more called To Preserve the Nation. Available now. 
Incredible. FreedomsRisingSun.com is his website. That's FreedomsRisingSun.com. And I'm telling you, the To Preserve the Nation Collegiate Homeschooling and Church Education Series is incredible. Check it out, FreedomsRisingSun.com. He has over a 1,000 videos on his website, weekly uh, interactive webinars, Q&As on the Constitution, and more just great stuff with Dr. Scott Bradley, FreedomsRisingSun.com. Anyway, we talked with Dr. Scott about the Sabbath day is a day of delight. Ezekiel 20.12, I also gave them my Sabbath as a sign. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we're live six days a week on the Sabbath. We rest on this radio program. Uh, we need to keep that commandment, ladies and gentlemen. I believe climate uh, change, whatever you want to call it, global warming, whatever word they want to use for their latest incarnations of dishonesty, is not the fact that you live on the planet. It's because we're turning against God, and he's basically reminding us. He's stirring us up in remembrance of our God. God is the ultimate weatherman, ladies and gentlemen, and understand that he will uh, create even famine if necessary to help us remember it's an act of love by Almighty God to turn us to him and let us repent so that worse things don't happen. Do you want to just have a drought? Do you want to have global warming as a reminder, or do you want a famine? Or do you want a plague or a pestilence, or do you want a war? God does this through history. Just know it, folks. The answer is to turn to God, repent, and if we do, he will heal our land and protect us. Anyway, we talked about the fact that there's a penalty for breaking the Sabbath day. Commandment. Why do we as a people think there are no command or no consequences? Ladies and gentlemen, all commandments. All sin has consequences, and the lack of obedience to the commandments have consequences. We can choose what we do, but we cannot choose the penalties. That's up to eternal law and almighty God. We talked about the Microsoft Store and how they're promoting Pride Month. They call it Pride 2021. Together we can, they say. Wow, what a shame. They're celebrating G Pride Plus Month. Uh, it's just a sad tale to tell, ladies and gentlemen. When we turn against male and female created he them, when we turn against the God-ordained traditional family with one man and one woman leading righteous children, teaching them about the Savior, Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, If I'm telling you, there's a lot of things we can do to restore the republic, right? There's a lot of actions that you and I can be involved in. But if you think it can be done without turning to Jesus Christ first, you're sadly mistaken. If you think we can do it without Almighty God, well, you disagree with Ben Franklin, and you'd also be completely confused. We must turn to God and humble ourselves and repent so that we may receive his blessings, his guidance, and his protection. Anyway, great couple hours yesterday. Still available on demand at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. All right, let's launch into our guest today. This is going to be an incredible, incredible discussion. His name is Steve Castle, and he's a pastor, and he's an elected official as well. He's on the Stevenson County, Illinois Republican Central Committee. His website's stevecastle.com and uh, belovedchurchillinois.com. And he's a great guy. Not only does he work towards helping Republicans adhere to their platform and adhere to godly principles, uh, but he's also involved in his church, and he's an activist for liberty everywhere he goes. He hands out free constitutions, copies of the Constitution to anybody who wants them. That's part of his personal ministry. And he's the first pastor in the nation 
to file a federal lawsuit on First Amendment violations during the lockdowns. He filed that for the church and for the Christians, and he beat the whacked-out Governor Pritzker of uh, Illinois, and he opened up all the churches in Illinois. <laughs> Guys like that who stand for the sacred cause of liberty are my personal heroes. Steve Castle, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Man, after after an introduction like that, I almost want to know me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's amazing what God can do if we turn our lives over to his hands, huh? Yeah, I, I, uh, I actually just had an opportunity last night to uh, to minister or speak. Uh, I believe every time I speak, I minister, but they call it speak. So I spoke at a Save America rally in Chicago uh, last night. And uh, I don't know what they were expecting, uh, but after I got done tying in the the indispensable bonding between uh, Christianity, Judeo-Christian foundations of our country and the Founding Fathers, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, um, these folks were absolutely nuked last night. In fact, I didn't get home till two in the morning because they, <laughs> they wouldn't let me leave. Um, and it, the reason I'm highlighting that is because there is a massive, massive desire, passion, um, a hunger in the people of our nation today to really know the truth, to get back to the, to the, the founding principles of what our founding fathers, the, the ethics and the morality of days gone by and to stop seeing our children, our grandchildren being molested legally by the government, by public school systems, by just, man, when you were talking about recapping yesterday's show, I'm like, man, I wanted to be on yesterday's show too, because I had so much to say about all those subject matters, you know, the FBI, uh, cause I had, I was at the, uh, the January 6th, uh, Trump rally and at the Capitol. And so I had the FBI at my house. And so when you were talking about how the FBI, I mean, I could have told you that a long time ago, but nobody, nobody yeah, cared so we, what we had, had witnesses. Say. We had witnesses literally on from the Capitol live as it was unfolding. We had witnesses on uh, at the day or two or three or four after reporting live on how it was a complete live fabrication and it was not their experience. One girl even got pushed into the Capitol by others, by the crowd, didn't want to be there, got arrested, led through this strange tunnel taken to another place, eventually just released, uh, and they left her alone. Uh, but this is the kind of stuff that we had reporting on Liberty Roundtable Live, live. And I was, I was so excited because, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things that's coming up, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie or read the book, uh, Atlas Shrugged. Uh, of which, course, long way, book, a... 1,100 pages. Read it when I was young, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's it very educational. Book. It is, uh, it is, but uh, in the in the book uh, Atlas, uh, in the book Atlas Shrugged, um, they ask this question throughout the whole movie: Who is John Galt? And we'll talk about that were... and a whole lot more with Steve Castle in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. I thought it was a great book. The girl in the book is a little bit immoral; she sleeps with everybody. But other than that, it's a very good educational reality check. Hang tight; you are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. I have a question. Can a nation conceived in liberty 
carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life, born and not yet born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Live, ladies and gentlemen. Back with you live, Steve Castle on your radio, my fellow Americans. SteveCastle.com, BelovedChurchIllinois.com, the websites. First pastor in the nation to file a federal lawsuit on First Amendment violations during the lockdown. Beat Gov whacked out. All right. I mean, Gov Fritzker, or Britzker, I guess it is. Or Pritzker is how you say it. Anyway, uh, he opened up all the churches in Illinois. Um, his personal ministry sends out constitutions out free to anyone who requests them. So check that out. He's been speaking out nationally for the freedoms and liberties that belong to believers. Because of the cross and to Americans, because of the sacrifice of the patriots. Amen to that. Uh, so, Steve, there's so many things that I want to talk to you about. Before we get to all those things, let's finish your uh, where is Galt story. Uh, then we'll come back and learn about you as a person and then your ministry, and, and, and we'll just get into it all. Go ahead, sir. Well, I was just Who saying, is you, John Galt? You, comment, uh, you commented on the, uh, on the FBI uh, involvement in the Whitmer, the quote-unquote Whitmer assassination, and then obviously the 1-6 uh, Capitol uh, yes, quote-unquote insurrection. And I was there. I was physically there. Um, I, I did some lives from there. I, I was at the Capitol. I was at the Trump rally. And it's absolutely true. And I would try. I tried to actually tell people months and months ago, but nobody wanted to listen. I had the FBI at my house. They tried to interview me. I, I even called them out in the interview. I'm like, you guys were there. And he's like, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> so that the reason I brought up the who is John Galt is because this was the entire theme through the movie uh, Atlas Shrugged 
which was trying, it was a question that on purpose was trying to get people to think larger. And now we have who is Ray Epps. So we have this guy that we've got video. We've got, uh, we got him literally helping to, to formulate this, this insurrection quote unquote on, in, uh, in Washington, DC. And nobody seems to know who Ray Epps is, but we know who Ray Epps is. Just like when you're reading Atlas Shrugged, you know that John Galt is going to lead you into a better place. We also know that Ray Epps is going to lead us into some terrible stuff. We are about to see some things unfold in our nation, um, some light of truth. And I honestly believe that it's going to be so shocking that some people just aren't going to be able to handle it. All right, with that brief introduction, ladies and gentlemen, uh, really give me a, a 30 second and then what happened to you? Did you get arrested at the Capitol at all? I did not get arrested. Uh, they, I, I didn't physically go into the Capitol. I was just on, on the perimeters, the peripherals, and I was uh, doing different lives uh, for people on social media and, and recording videos for my uh, website um, about what was going on and doing. I, I travel the, the country and do a Christian uh, American heritage, so Christian, Christian and patriotism uh, intertwined together, and so I was doing some some work with that, and I was also handing out my pocket constitutions, like you said, um, and people were these are literally were some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my forty six years of life. They were literally they were some of the most authentic, real. Um, obviously, there was a couple of you know just weirdos. But for the most part, and, I, and there was more people than I have ever seen in my life. And I've preached in stadiums of tens of thousands of people. And there was more people than I had ever seen in my life. And like I said, most of them really genuine people. They were authentic patriots. They were, they were either godly or they were Christian. Um, they were kind. There were people helping. Somebody lost their dog. And so there, this whole group of people just stopped what they were doing and went looking for this dog. I mean, these were... These were such real, um, wonderful people. And then I literally driving home from Washington, D.C. the next day, and I'm hearing all the news about, quote, unquote, what I did. I was an insurrectionist. I was a terrible person. And I'm like, wait a minute. None of that happened. That was That is absolutely incongruent with what I experienced at the Capitol. So uh, a few weeks later, I had the FBI at my house, and they... Uh, they, they tried to do their thing, but I'm hip to the jive because when I did my fight with governor Pritzker, I did about 90, uh, interviews with, uh, nationwide, uh, syndicates and, and mainstream media. And they, they would always try to do the same thing where they would do leading questions and try to get you to say and, and act in a way that, uh, would vilify you. And I could tell that these FBI agents weren't there to check on my family's health and well-being. um, and so, anyway, I, I told them exactly what happened. I told them my opinion of their involvement with it. Uh, it was about 45 minutes, and they finally left. I called my attorney and uh, told him what happened. And my attorney uh, called the president of their legal firm, which is the Thomas More Society, is who represented us in our legal battles. Um, and then uh, Tom Brecca from the Thomas More Society sent the FBI a, a memo and let them know that if they ever talked to his client again without their permission, <laughs> that they, it would uh, it would get really terrible. And uh, I haven't heard from him since, <laughs> so I guess I'm free of the 
of the FBI's desire to put me into the insurrectionist classification from January 6th. Well, and here's what's interesting. How would the FBI even get your name, sir, if you didn't go into the Capitol, if you weren't arrested, if you were peacefully there? Everybody that I talked to live that was there on scene at the day of the event and the days after, because a lot of people basically came on the show and said they dis- they disrupted phone communications, et cetera, et cetera. So we had to get them on the day or two or three or four after um, because there was so many people to talk to and different things going on. They told me that everybody, I mean, first off, most people didn't even go to the Capitol that were at the rally. Secondly, the people that were at the Capitol, most of them were milling around peacefully and kindly, and people were praying and talking with one another. I mean, you might have had, what, a million people at the rally and 100,000 people at the Capitol or something. We don't know numbers because they, they tend to, to blur that as well. But you might have had, what, a couple of hundred people going to the Capitol. Some of them have testified live on the radio. We didn't even try to go, and we were pushed in. So very, very interesting. But if you weren't arrested or any of those things, how do they even get your name, sir? Uh, Sam, let me tell you how creepy this entire situation was. Um, Literally the day that the FBI came to my house. um, So my schedule is if I showed you my calendar, you would (laughs) you'd probably roll your eyes back like I am. I am go, go, go all day, every day. Uh, seven days a week, nonstop, because I love serving my king and the kingdom. And so anyway, this particular day, I had a meeting from um, from seven to nine. I had another meeting from nine to two. Um, and then I had another meeting that was going to start at four that I had to drive to, um, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, uh, the meeting at four ended up getting pushed back. And so I left uh, went down to my local uh, gun store because I wanted to get some more nine uh, millimeter ammunition, uh, you know, just for funsies. And hold and, on, this uh, was before I the was... Capitol event or after? No, this is after. This is a few weeks okay. after. I was just, Got it. My, just my trying to make a timeline make sense. Doing my Go gig. Ahead. Yep, doing my gig. Um, headed back to my house. I was just going to drop off the nine, uh, the ammunition, so I didn't, uh, you know, drive around with ammunition in my truck. So I only planned on being at my house for, you know, literally like 20 minutes just to drop this off and then go to the next meeting. And I'm in the garage on the phone talking to someone on the Bluetooth in my truck, in my garage, in my truck, in the garage, talking on my phone. And this is the part of the story I didn't know. So someone comes to the door. My wife answers the door. Two big FBI agents. Um, They're like, hey, can we talk to your husband? And she said, well, he's not here. And they didn't leave. And they said, well, uh, are you sure he's not here? And she's like, yeah, he left, you know, an hour ago, whatever, to go to a meeting. She didn't know that my meeting got moved back an hour and that I went, I decided to stop by and get the ammunition and come home. And so I'm in the garage. She didn't know I was in the garage. And they're like, are you sure he's not here? And she's like, "Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. So they thought she was trying to hide me. But they didn't. But what my wife didn't know is that I wasn't there. And the FBI did know is that they were following me around, tracking me somehow to make sure that I was at the house when they showed up. They came from Chicago. I lived two hours outside of Chicago and they just happened to show up right when I showed up. It is so creepy, bro. It is so creepy. So anyway, my wife and they're like, uh, I, you know, are you sure he's not here? And she's like, yeah, I'm sure. And so she decided to go out and just look to make sure my truck was still gone, opens the garage door. There I am. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm on the phone. She goes, someone's here to see you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well they can wait. 
And so <laughs> I come back in and it's two FBI agents and they're like, oh, I'm glad you're here, Mr. Castle. I'm like, you guys are so creepy. How did you know I was here? Oh, no, we just we just were driving by, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're going to just lie right out of the gate. Because like, yeah, there's no way by. they came two hours from Chicago, no way caught you on the 20 minutes me. that you were there when your wife didn't even know, but they knew. Come on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're hoping Steve Castle can stay with us for both hours because, man, we got a lot to talk about on your radio. SteveCastle.com, the first pastor to take on bureaucrats and say, you're not going to shut us down. He wins in court. Thomas Law Center making that happen. Quick pause. I am Sam Bushman. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live radio program. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. A tropical storm makes landfall. Tropical storm Claudette coming ashore this morning in southeast Louisiana. Knee-deep flooding reported in Slidell in parts of Mississippi. A Georgia hospital system among the latest victims of a cyber attack. Savannah's largest hospital chain, St. Joseph's Candler, hit this week with a ransomware attack. No word on who attacked the faith-based nonprofit or why. Cyber attacks, a recent topic of conversation between President Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on the message Biden wants to send to Russia and other countries. If other countries continue to attack us in any way, then we reserve the right to use all means at our disposal to protect our people to protect our gas pipelines, to protect our water systems. Sullivan also tells CBS News Biden told Putin in their meeting, if attacks continue, the U.S. will have no choice but to take responsive measures against Russia, including in cyber. This is USA Radio News. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. A man sanctioned for human rights abuse is now Iran's president-elect. Ibrahim Raisi elected president today, the 60-year-old chief justice sanctioned by the U.S. and E.U. for his human rights record. Raisi allegedly involved in the mass execution of political opponents over 30 years ago. A COVID variant spreading across the U.S., the Delta variant first detected in India eight months ago, now in at least 41 states. President Biden saying Friday the Delta variant will leave some areas very hurt. It's a variant that is more easily transmissible, potentially deadlier, and particularly dangerous for young people. But the good news is we have the solution. The science and the data are clear. The best way to protect yourself against these variants are to get fully vaccinated. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky telling ABC Friday the Delta variant could become the dominant strain in the U.S. soon. 
California allowing residents to get digital copies of their vaccine records. State health officials Friday launching a website where residents can download the digital copies to prove they have been fully vaccinated. This is USA Radio News. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Castle on your radio. He was there at the January 6th event. Uh, the government lies on the narrative there. We're taking it back one witness at a time, I'm telling you right now. Steve being the latest to join. I just met Steve Castle a few days ago. Incredible leader, pastor, God-fearing man that stands for the sacred cause of liberty everywhere he goes. Uh, so he sued the... Um, state of Illinois saying you can't shut our church down over the cocoa scandal. Uh, and so he stood strong. The Thomas More Center and others helped him, and they won and beat the governor. Great news as churches and people can worship God Almighty. The whole purpose of coming to the United States and the, or coming to the, the colonies in the first place, uh, you know, the United States, it's all about religious freedom, ladies and gentlemen. How dare they try to shut it down? Thank heavens for men who stand tall like Steve and others. Uh, so you're telling me, though, that the FBI is at your house. Your wife didn't know you were there. You came home literally to drop off something. There was no way they could have known you were there. So that's creepy to say the least. But what was their justification? Why did they even say they were there, though? And how did they say they got your name, sir? Well, and that's just it, because I asked that. Well, you know, we uh, we heard that you were there. I'm like, oh, did you watch my – because I did – I literally did uh, about a 45-minute video um, after I got home explaining everything from moment to moment uh what happened through my personal eyes you know and obviously as a minister of the gospel i i value the truth and so i told everybody the truth because i heard all of the lies i heard the narrative that was coming out and so i'm like well did you watch my did you watch my video he's like no no we didn't i'm like how did you how did you know i was there uh we just uh we just knew <laughs> i'm like you can't even answer the question like they they still they never did give me an answer as to how they knew I was there. We just we just heard we're just following up on some leads or whatever language they use their law enforcement language. So, right, so I have no idea gonna answer, how they knew. They're not going to answer why you were how you were there. But here's what I want to know: What was their questioning? What do they want to know from you? If you didn't go into the Capitol, if they knew you were there, if you did a video which they claim they didn't know about, which can't be true either. Because if they heard from somebody else you were there, they would search online. They say that they're querying online everywhere to, to troll and figure out who's who. This is Operation Dragnet Psychosis, uh, in my opinion. But at uh, the end of the day, what did they want to know? What were they hoping you would, you know, divulge? Or, uh, how did the conversation go down? Well, uh, Sam, you're exactly right. It, 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 was a, uh, it was a dragnet thing. It was good cop, bad cop. One of the guys sat there, you know, in a suit with a completely lemon sucking face with his mask on. And I even said, Hey, in our house, uh, you're free from the Rona. <laughs> there, there is no, uh, I believe in Psalm 91 that no plague will come nigh my dwelling. You're in my dwelling. And so you're free from the Rona here in our house. You didn't take off your mask. And he said, no, I can't take it off. My wife wouldn't let me. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, so he sat there with sucking lemon. Wait, face, was his, was his wife word. there? No. <laughs> okay. I'm just kind of pointing out a little bit of a trippy kind of deal. Okay. My I know. I know. Bro. Right. It's, we could do this all day. <laughs> so he, uh, so anyway, he sat there, you know, in his suit, you know, with, uh, looking, looking all, uh, intimidating, taking notes on everything I'm saying. The other guy was kind of this personable guy, you know, talkable, you know, and, and was just kind of engaging me. Oh, so, so why'd you go and what were you doing? And, 
and tell us the story. And I could tell that they were they were doing that thing because uh, I'm hip to the job. I used to run 63 restaurants in, in Dallas, Fort Worth. And so I used to have a big job and we would, you know, whenever we get robbed, I would have to do interviews with Secret Service and with, uh, you know, FBI because some of them were murders. And um, so I, I'm I'm hip to this whole thing. And so uh, he's he's trying to I can tell that he's trying to get this comfortability where I'm just going to say this thing. Um, and, I, and I said, look, I'm going to tell you exactly what I told the entire world on my Internet video, on my Facebook video that I, I released. I'm going to replay it for you. You can go verify the video. You're going to have two sources of information. So I told him exactly what I told him. He tried to, you know, tried to ask questions to kind of get me around the skirts of it. But it, it just wasn't working. So they, they were there 45 minutes. Uh, finally got, I guess, finally got tired of it and decided to leave. Never heard from him since. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we wanted to make sure you heard that story. Critical to understand, I'm telling you, to a person, everybody we talked to that was there has a different story. Did you see violence? Did you see Antifa? Did you see Black Lives Matter? Did you see uh, any uh, provocateur agents in action while you were there? I did. So I actually talked to Viking Guy, um, believe it or not. I... uh, I was on the backside of the Capitol steps um, and he came out. And so here, this is interesting. So he came out of the Capitol, just walks out of the Capitol. <laughs> no, not molested, not, you know, nobody's throwing him out, not in handcuffs, you know, not being beat with bats or <laughs> nightsticks or just walks out of the Capitol. And comes down to the crowd that was down at the bottom. And the crowd was super small on that side. There was maybe 100 people. Um, and comes down and literally is trying to re-incite the crowd that's down there to go back into the Capitol. And I hear what he's saying. And so I literally walk over to him and I start to engage him. And this dude, uh, I am not messing with you. This dude is either on LSD or he's got a demon. And I've done both. I've done, I've done drug, obviously in ministry, I've been in ministry for uh, 25 years. Um, and so I've dealt with all kinds of people from all places. And so I know what a drug filled person is. And I know what a demon. Okay, so hold on, hold on. When you say you've done drugs, though, you're saying you've dealt with drug fueled people and you've dealt with demon fueled people is what you're saying. Correct. Yep. Yep. I've never, I've never been high, but uh, I'm just trying I've to be dealt clear. These Go ahead. Kind of people. So, yep, yep. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for talking. I've been at radio so. for a long time, and I want to make sure people understand exactly <laughs> what you're telling them. Go ahead, sir. Right. So I, I've dealt. I've dealt with these people, and he was one or the other. He could have been both. He could have been high and had a demon. Um, but either way, I was challenging this guy. I'm like, dude, this is not who we are. We didn't come in here to break into the Capitol. We came here to protest the fact that they are literally hijacking our republic. And he's like, no, no. Now, here's the thing. He's standing there with no shirt on. You've probably seen the pictures of Viking dude. Um, standing there with no shirt on. Okay, I am a Northern Illinois Yankee, and I am generally hot-blooded. And I was cold. I had two coats on, one of them a card heart. You know, some of your audience will know what a card heart is. Great big, thick card. Um, I had... You know, obviously, uh, insulated pants on. I had my boots on. I had two pair of socks on. And it was cold. I was cold. Because we'd been out in it all day. It started at 8 o'clock in the morning. And so here's a dude standing there with no shirt on. T- 
telling everyone that he'd been there all day, listened to the speech. That's why he's in the Capitol. I mean, it is it is so far beyond logical recognition of what happened that I cannot believe that the the media is even able to get away with the narrative that they're able to get away with. I understand we're dealing with people who both both sides of their cerebral cortex do not communicate as uh, the leftist side, but some of this stuff is like so far beyond um, just just calling someone unintelligent that they're able to portray these narratives. It it is shocking to me. It shocks my senses that people actually believe the stuff that's going on. And so I told the other guy, I talked to a Viking dude, and he's like, oh, where did, how long have you known him? And I'm like, I, didn't, I just seen him at the camp, <laughs> like you guys. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I've seen these people. I mean, and the fact that these Capitol Police just let him literally walk out, he, it was like he, he could have been a congressman. I mean, the way he walked out and the way that he was encouraging everybody to go back in, standing in front of the Capitol Police, he was literally... 20 feet from the Capitol Police while he's trying to incite the crowd to go back and in. And here's the point that you I'm need like, to take home, ladies and gentlemen. If Steve can find this guy, see that he's whacked out, shirtless in the cold, that he's behaving erratically, that he walks around like he owns the place, that he's encouraging insurrection or encouraging uh, going back into the Capitol or whatever you want to say, certainly the police saw that and understood that and knew that. Why didn't they take out one of the strategic realities that you do if you're in, in reconnaissance or or in police work or anything else you would understand let's look for the leaders let's get this guy out of the mix so that he doesn't encourage the rest who may be innocent followers etc etc okay if steve could peg this guy in two seconds where's the cops the answer is they're there watching right they uh yes i'm, I'm gonna guard my language they were absolutely watching they were absolutely aware of everything that was going on. Now, I and know it might be more than that. They were I know it might be more than that, but we uh, want to be very careful know. of what we know and what we yep. don't know. I can't right? speculate. Yep. But we I, know I they were there. Know we know they were. Know. We know they had a beat on Correct. him, though. It wasn't like they didn't know about him or weren't aware. Correct. All right. Now, what that right. all means, yep. time will tell. Was. Hopefully, we'll get to the bottom line. But right. I, I want to be very clear uh, about that, that we do know that they understood he was there and doing what he was doing as well and they took no action to prevent it or minimize it or engage him like you did right they were absolutely fine with it they were absolutely you gotta ask fine why with it. and one of the things why? that i was doing at the one of the things i was doing uh that i desired to do the entire time to even go to dc was to pray with um, some of these uh, police officers in the National Guard, you know, we, we heard, I didn't know who was going to be there, but I have spoken at multiple Back to Blues. I am a massive proponent uh, of our law enforcement agencies. I've, we'll I've talk about that later in the broadcast as well with Steve Castle. SteveCastle.com, you are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen 
like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Castle with me. We're talking about the Capitol Riot Lies. Steve's also the first pastor in the nation to file a federal lawsuit on First Amendment violations, winning. Yeah, winning against the governor in the state of Illinois, allowing churches to worship God Almighty. A critical reality. He's been speaking out nationally for the freedoms and liberties that belong to we the people. Uh, who is John Galt? Who is Ray Epps? Now, you spell this last name of this Ray Epps guy, E-P-P-S, right? Yes, sir. Who is this guy? And uh, if you look online, you'll find it's some kind of a sports figure. Not that guy. We're talking about a guy that supposedly owns a farm or something like that, right? Yeah, and, uh, and it's been... Uh, there. So there's all kinds of of clandestine uh, things that you can just go and research. Um, I'm so, I can't tell you, bro, how, how excited and um, humbled I am that the American, that we the people have literally engaged like never before. I mean, these digital soldiers, you know, uh, uh, God bless uh, the, the leaders of this, of this truth movement, um, the patriots that are out there, um, that that are that are encouraging people do your own research go and look this stuff up you know what mike lindell is doing um the, you know just a regular dude out there doing some research and finding out that uh things aren't what they're supposed to be and then and then general flynn telling everyone hey you need to get out there get engaged um robert david Steele and you know uh, uh sheriff mack you know all all these folks are literally stirring up we the people which has been needful for so long for so long and when you go out there and you find out that this raya you know so he's he's part of the oath uh what are they the oath keepers and but then he's also a part of this and he's a part of this like wait a minute you know it's like he's on He's on opposite ends of of this narrative, which obviously always means that he's some kind of a plant. He's, you know, someone's paying him to to be a double agent. <laughs> and and these are the kind of people. See, we live in such a world that is capturing so much information with this with this cell phone society that we have 
that everything is being recorded all the time, which is awesome for, for us truth seekers so that we can reveal the lies and the evil and the wickedness that the, that the bad guys are doing. Um, and, but it's obviously, you know, for parents and other things, it's, it's a double-edged sword. I get that. But for us, this is, this has been great. So uh, all this, uh, all this intrusion into these people's lives and I get it. I was there at the Capitol and I heard these guys and I know that they were paid. I absolutely know their language was, uh, pristine the way that they were trying to incite and encourage the crowd to do immoral, illegal activities. It was legit. I mean, they were good. They were absolutely good. I can see how someone um, could get uh, Ashley Babbitt could get sucked into something like this and then go with them. They were really good with their language. Now I'm a professional communicator. You know, I, I preach the gospel. I want, I want people to know that Jesus Christ is, is awesome and that he loves them and all the things that he's done for them at the finished work of the cross. And so I understand what it's like to communicate with intent to, to get people to engage with their thinking. And these guys that were inciting these crowds in multiple places, these guys were good. They weren't just some dude that showed up, you know, out of a pickup truck with Bubba. And they just wanted to come on, let's go take back our country. I mean, these guys, their language was exactly what needed to be said to that kind of a crowd to get them to be incited. It, it was absolutely not an accident. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have that story. Very critical to understand that they are literally demonizing conservatives, demonizing Christians, creating a divide. They're promoting communists and socialists and violent folks that want to divide and conquer this country while literally calling constitutionalists Christians terrorists in America. Joe Biden literally using unconstitutional government agencies to lay the trap for conservatives everywhere. Good people that get caught up in mistaken uh, moves or, or people, and they're trying to use this dragnet to really um, create a target list. You better be on your guard. You say, who is John Galt? Ma, good question. The broader question is, are we wise enough? Are we going to turn to God and get on our knees and pray enough to not be deceived? I think that's a real critical question that we need to teach followers all across the country, Steve. Uh, absolutely, Sam. You are you are tracking perfectly true. Um, and this is one of the main messages that I have as I've traveled the nation and 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 been exhorting people and training people, um, educating people that uh, there is there is concerted and uh, and and very well constructed uh, misinformation, disinformation, lies, manipulation, narrative, propaganda. And the average Joe, the average Joe patriot out there that's just got a little bit of God and and loves his AR and flies the flag and grows a beard. That guy literally is being targeted and could easily be um, our, the, the patriotic movement could literally end up being our enemy. Because a guy like that is going to get sucked into some of this professionalism 
that's taking place from the other side. They're going to go just snatch up, you know, John Patriot, and they'll end up getting him like, hey, do you want to go help us kill Governor Whitmer? Yeah, I hate that person. Or do you want to help us do this insurrection? Yeah, let's go in there and show them what we got. Well, or what they'll that do is, is this. How. By the way, Steve, Sheriff Darleaf is the sheriff that is in that area there who knew these gentlemen. And what Darleaf explains, uh, who's a constitutional sheriff at the CSPOA right now, and Darleaf awesome. explains that, you know what, these most of the people that were involved in that really believed that they were going to create a citizen's arrest on Whitmer. They weren't trying to kidnap her at all. And the insurrectionists who were the provocateurs that were involved there were the ones that turned it to uh, a different narrative. And so they all got caught in this dragnet dishonesty. Oh, you know what? The law says you can go commit a citizen's arrest on the governor for her violations of the Constitution, and you got to... And then it turned south, and, and some of the people were innocently trying to do what was right, even though it was an ill-hatched plan. Uh, the different narratives highlight the truth. Steve? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, and, this is, and this is why I'm challenging your audience, and I'm challenging people all over the nation. We have got to know and have an intimate connection with our God and with the scriptures, because he will keep us from deception. You know, the, the enemy, <laughs> Satan, the devil, the Lucifer, whatever, whatever language people has for him, um, the enemy has been deceiving mankind for 6,000 years. If you're going to go head to head with the enemy, you'll lose all day long. And, and I'm talking as a spirit-filled um, person. I've been born again and filled with the spirit since I was five years old. I'm 46 years old. So for 41 years, I have been born again. I have been in connection with my father. I have been in the scriptures. I can't tell you how many times I've read the Bible. Um, I spend every single day of my life, I am in the scriptures. I am studying the word. I am praying. I am seeking my father's faith. And I would not go head to head with the enemy. I wouldn't do it. And for, for Joe Average Patriot out there that just basically loves God, loves the country, and has an AR and an itchy trigger finger, don't you know that that person's being targeted? And so my, my challenge to your audience is it is time to, for us to actually take this to the next step, which is really, truly hear from heaven. Really, truly hear. Take the scriptures, apply them to today's standards, and find out some of the things that we need to guard ourselves against in this deception. If we're going into the end times, Thessalonians tells us that there is going to be a strong delusion that is going to come on mankind, a strong delusion. And, and, and for the word, for the word mm -hmm. of God to use adjectives like that, that means that it's, uh, when, when God magnifies something, it's magnified. And so delusion is one thing, but a strong delusion that's going to come on mankind, that, that should be gripping. That should be shaking to everyone to know that these things are taking place in the end times. And also, obviously, we know Jesus told us specifically, he said, unless God shortens the time, even the elect, even the elect would be deceived. And, and so it is important for us to understand that we have got to filter through these things that we are being told, that we are seeing, that we are hearing. We have got to be able to filter through those with, the, with intimacy, with the Holy Spirit, with knowledge of the word of God and understanding the heart of God in order for us to keep ourselves safe, our family saves, our future safe. It is no longer okay to just be some raw, bold patriot and have a little bit of love for God. It, that, that, those days have ended.
it is it has got to, it has got to be absolutely seek first the kingdom of God and because of that I'm going to seek first what God's kingdom can do in our republic to make it the greatest republic ever and then reject so, every other ideology. So ladies and gentlemen, let me be very clear. That's why I speak of restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth and I reject revolution. We have the suffering, the sacrifice, the sacred honor and fortunes on the line of our founding fathers that set up the greatest country on the face of the earth should be a light on a hill. And we have the blueprint for liberty. The checks and balances can take down tyrants, can stop people from abusing power. And so we need to understand that it's a peaceful restoration uh, that we seek. And anytime someone wants to encourage you to violence or encourage encourages you to do something that seems kooky or crazy or you got to step back and go, who is the agent inside here trying to deceive and change the game? Okay, so for example, if you want to go arrest Governor Whitmer, I'm telling you right now, that isn't going to go well. I'm telling you right now, there's a protected <laughs> elite swamp class, and it ain't going to go well. Okay, you got to be very careful and not be deceived. And the only way to do that is to pray to God Almighty for guidance. And the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, can help you. But you've got to also use your common sense. I know we want to take down the IRS because they're criminal and they're unconstitutional and they should go away. I get it. But, okay, so you've got to be very careful what actions you take because they will take advantage of you, they will deceive you, and you will get caught in a satanic snare. Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious. We highlight this hour. Next hour, Steve Castle is going to stay with us as well. And we're going to talk about how he beat the Illinois governor, and instead of being locked down and prevented from worshiping in the great country that our founders fought for so we could worship Almighty God, so we could be free as a liberty-loving, God-ordained traditional family, so we could use our country to defend our God-given inalienable rights. Steve went to bat for that and won. We're going to tell you the whole story coming up second hour. Steve, stay there. Ladies and gentlemen, do the same. Get a quick drink. Check out the news. Come right back. Hard-hitting talk. Hour one in the can. Hour two coming up. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live six days a week. Hey, you're going to join us at Liberty Hall in far west Utah. Monday afternoon, evening, and then in the park. The Arise USA bus tour. Richard Mack, myself, and others will be there. It's free. We highly recommend you join us. We'll talk about that as well. All right, hour one of the can, two coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, libertyroundtable.com is my website. Lovingliberty.net is my nationally syndicated radio network. Tell the tale, spread the word. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, tell the tale, donate liberally, would you please? This is the broadcast for June 19th, 
in the year of our Lord 2021. This is our two of two and our goal to promote God, family, and country and to protect life, liberty, and property. Six days a week, we're on task. The seventh, we rest as the good Lord asks us to do. The Sabbath day is a sign, ladies and gentlemen, between God's people and the Almighty, a sign that he set up that we subscribe to with our agency by choice and glad to do so. We testify he lives. He loves us. And he is the author of our liberty. Make no mistake about that reality check. And no matter what you do in the sacred cause of liberty, it's important to turn to God Almighty to repent. And when we do, he will heal our land and protect us. The FBI can't win. The bureaucrats in the swamp can't win. Rogue agents and media can't win. <laughs> they can win a few little skirmishes here and there. It's kind of like George Washington's battle. He lost more than he won if you look at it on a skirmish basis. But if you look at the war, we win. That is the great news for those who say, as for me and my house, I will choose the Lord. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Our two-hour special guest today, Mr. Steve Castle. I should say Pastor Steve Castle. Patriot Steve Castle. Um, elected official of Stevenson County, Illinois, Republican Central Committee, Steve Castle. BelovedChurchIllinois.com, SteveCastle.com, his websites. And he's the first pastor in the nation to file, or to file, I'm sorry, a federal lawsuit on First Amendment violations during the lockdowns. The governor out of control. Steve went to court. The story starts now. Hi, Steve. Man, Sam, you could, <laughs> after that, I am ready to preach. You, you, got, you got it going on. That, that introduction, uh, not for me, but I'm saying the, the segue that you did for, for, for Christianity and for liberty. Man, I am you got me wired up. This is awesome. Buddy, we try so to I throw down for Jesus every day on the radio the best we can. This is a nationally syndicated, worldwide, in a way, secular talk show because we're not a Christian ministry. We're not nonprofit. We're none of those things. Uh, but we do understand that it's God, family, and country that matters. Otherwise, there's no value in government at all, Steve. No, yeah. Government uh, was created by God. Uh, and uh, as our founding father said, it was instituted among men. It wasn't created by men. It was created by God. Government is created by God. That's why Romans 13 says that we're supposed to honor the folks that are in our government um, or honor the positions of government. Um, but there is a balance. God, obviously, everything that God made, he made good. And so his intentions was for human government to be made good. And obviously, as we know, the the swamp is deep and wide, and it goes all over the world. It's not just in America. And so uh, our Father in heaven who created government would love for us to take our government here in America, the only nation ever formed for the free worship of Jesus Christ, ever. The, the first document that was available to... Uh, any person that would call themselves a quote-unquote American was uh, was when that. Oh. 
Yes, I am. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. I don't know if I got disconnected for a second there, or if Steve did, uh, but we are live. We are on your radio. We're talking to Steve. Steve is the first pastor in the nation to file a federal lawsuit regarding the First Amendment. We have the right to stay open as a church and worship. All right, the government can't deny the free exercise of our religion. The government can't make a specific government instituted religion ladies and gentlemen so we'll we'll get steve back we lost him i guess uh and uh we'll get back and uh, talk to steve here in just a second in the meantime we talked last hour about who is john galt who is ray epps we're talking about provocateurs steve was at the capitol one six steve was there and he's telling you that provocateurs were there government bureaucrats knew they were there and allowed them to run around and engage and activate and incite freely steve tried to stop them as did many other witnesses we've had on the radio steve went home peacefully he went there he prayed he did what he came to do a peaceful encouragement to stand up and dig into election fraud it was all peaceful he did not get arrested while he was there it was all great he went home the fbi came to his house and literally tried to ask him a bunch of questions tell your story Steve had already told his story in a 45-minute video online. Steve had already told the tale, but they came nevertheless to his house. And they asked him a bunch of questions. He finally got an attorney and said, look, stop. Don't come bug me anymore. Talk to my attorney. And good for Steve. And I highlight that because that's what you need to do, ladies and gentlemen. If they start to try to entrap you, get an attorney that will respond wisely on your behalf. And you would say, well, I've done nothing wrong, Sam. I can talk freely. No, you can't. Because what they will do is they will talk, get you to talk for hours. And they will get little phrases that you say and take them out of context. And they will betray you with those comments. So Steve wisely got an attorney and told him to bug out, back off, get away. Great news. By the way, Steve, just so you know, he says, I'm in passionate love with my bride of 26 years. My family and the authentic remnant church. I'm a patriot, and I'll do whatever's necessary to protect our country from all enemies, foreign and domestic, in great love and powerful grace. That's how he emailed me, ladies and gentlemen. Steve is a patriot pastor, tell on the tale of liberty. He really uh, reminds me of the Black Road Red Ribbon of yesteryear kind of a guy. Uh, but anyway, Steve, uh, we're sorry we lost you. We're glad we got you back. So we're, I want to talk about this. Um, we talked about the Capitol riot last hour. This hour, I want to talk about how you one so you're kicking back the cocoa hits everybody like a very strange wave the government in illinois says no church right yes sir uh um i i honestly had been uh preaching and preparing our people for many many months before that um that there was there was some ominous opportunities that some some evil people under the direction of the kingdom of darkness we're going to try to do in our nation and obviously to the church. Um, and to make this clear, uh, this war that we're in right now, this silent war, this, uh, uh, this invisible enemy or whatever, you know, a lot of different people have different uh, language uh, about this. But th let me be absolutely clear so everybody understands this. This is the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. Now, there's different players, obviously. You can put the Cabal in there. You can put the Luciferians. You can put the, 
the child traffickers, you can put the drug trafficker, you could you can put anybody in the bad side that you want to put them in. But this is this is the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of God. That is what this boils down to. And because I had been preparing myself and our people that something was coming, I didn't know exactly what, when this showed up, it made perfect sense. And so I actually like very first Sunday when this thing came down, I was preaching. In fact, if anybody reaches out to me um, on my website, which is stevecastle.com, C-A-S-S-E-L-L, um, I will send you the nine messages that I preached from day one um, call, that I call the pandemic response. And I, I made it very clear, like this, this is about the church. This was about shutting down the church. The enemy knows what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, that he said that on the revelation of him being the Messiah, him being the Christ, him being the son of God, that he would build his church. And the word church is the word ecclesia or ecclesia. And what it literally made, Jesus literally used a Greco-Roman term which was unique because obviously he he was Hebrew and, and he was a part of Judaism. So why didn't he use the word synagogo? Speaking to the synagogue system that they already had, it was everywhere in Judaism. It was, you know, f fairly uh, productive and, and successful. Why didn't he use the word temple? Because he was not building the old style system. He was building something that was unique and new. And so he used a Greco-Roman term which is Ecclesia, and Ecclesia from, from Roman society meant the, they would take a young, uh, influential, intelligent, and uh, capable men, and they would bring them out of society, and they would gather them together, and those men would work through the problems, and they would create solutions. Um, what we would, the, the, the parallel to that would be like a city council or a county county board meeting or something like it would be the county board members that would be the word that jesus used and so ecclesia is the called out ones who gather to solve problems and create legislation and solution that's the word that jesus used and that is not what the church has been doing if the church ever did that the days of the kingdom of darkness are done. That's why Jesus said, if my, if my people do that, if they do this ecclesia thing, the gates of hell will not prevail. And so obviously no, anybody can look around our nation and see the prevailing of the gates of hell. So it is time for us to get this back to right. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Castle, our special guest, hard-hitting talk, always at your fingertips. This will be archived and available 24-7 at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Tell your neighbor. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt 
and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still-industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Ladies and gentlemen, back with you live. We're talking to Steve. He's a two-hour special guest, Mr. Steve Castle. His website, stevecastle.com, belovedchurchillinois.com. Before we get back to Steve, I got an email from Kathy Smith. She's with the Loving Liberty Network, and Kathy Smith says, Hello there. Thanks to your enthusiastic response, and she's writing to me and a bunch of people, and some spiritual promptings. We've decided to go big for the Arise USA tour. This is the final word about our plans, and we are excited. Come join us this Monday, January 21st, for an unforgettable evening. Yeah. As we welcome our friends at Arise USA, they're literally going to be doing an incredible 86 stop over 114 days national tour. Arise USA. They're going to make 86 stops, 114 days. I say that again because it's just incredible. Their goal to promote constitutional counties across the great USA. They're going to resurrect faith, family, and freedom. So at 4 p.m., it'll be at Liberty Hall in um, far west Utah. We're hosting an open house. It's a meet and greet with our guest speakers. The bookstore at Liberty Hall will be open. We have refreshments until they run out, ladies and gentlemen. Then at about 5.45, we're going to move down to the Smith Family Park. That's just across from Smith and Edwards. For the main stage event, it'll be at 6 p.m., folks. The Arise USA event begins at Smith Family Park, just north of Liberty Hall and across from Smith and Edwards, folks. There's plenty of parking, incredible uh, playground. There'll be shade. There'll be cold water. Kathy finishes by saying this. Let's give our friends from Arise USA Resurrection Tour, a huge welcome. Friends in Liberty, Kathy Smith. Anyway, all I'm telling you is great stuff going on. I will be there this Monday. 
the good sheriff Richard Mack will be there. Robert David Steele, many others will be there. I'm telling you right now, Rick Dalton, the vice president of the CSPOA, will be there. Uh, anyway, enough of that, but I'm telling you, it's going to be killer. LovingLiberty.net for more details. Check it out. Be there. It's free. Would love to see you meet, greet, take photos, and you can hear the incredible lineup of speakers that the Arise USA Tour has just for you. All right, there's kind of a live promo of the event. Now we're talking to Steve Castle, folks, stevecastle.com. Uh, and so, Steve, tell me then, you you were preaching, you were educating your people, you knew something ominous was coming, right? Yes, sir. And so uh, I didn't know exactly what the form would be, but it made total sense uh, when this uh, corona lie uh, showed up, which actually was some of the videos that I did with some friends. I have I have lots of connections, and one of my uh, one of my uh, ministerial connections, uh, he has a YouTube channel that's got 60,000 followers on it, and so I came out right away, and he and I did a video called the Corona Lie, and uh, that video literally, like within 48 hours, had had somewhere close to 60, 75,000 views, and it immediately got suppressed, and so. Not only was I the first pastor in the nation to sue the government over their uh, First Amendment violations on the church, I was also probably one of the first people in the nation to literally be openly suppressed. They took the video down. We couldn't get the content. Uh, my my friend who runs his YouTube channel literally went on there and looked at his uh, and looked at his algorithms and and all of the statistics, and he found out. He said, "I think that video had hundreds of thousands of views." before it was taken down. And so it, this was this was a concerted effort. And I started to pick up on all these things very, uh, very quickly early on. And so when they when they made it, uh, when they made it public that they were shutting down the whole world, and this is why and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. First off, it's not even really a, a real disease. <laughs> Secondly, it's made in China, how long can it last? And thirdly, uh, the church of all institutions that exist in this nation, the church is concretely protected by the First Amendment. And how foolish I was. <laughs> so, uh, so I stayed open, it just in just in direct violation. You know, I wasn't out there, you know, like picketing or carrying signs or telling people to be, you know, we weren't being jerks for Jesus or anything like that. But we were gathering. Jesus literally commanded his disciples to go into the pandemic of their day and bring healing. Leprosy was the pandemic of their day. And he actually commanded his disciples to go cleanse the leper, literally instructed them to do this. And so I have a mandate from heaven that in a pandemic, I have got to be open to bring healing and to bring opportunity for people to connect with the Lord. And so I knew that I had a mandate from heaven for multiple reasons to be open. And I had a constitution, a bill of rights that protected my right to be open. And so I told our people, hey, you know, the world can do what the world's going to do. But we are under the head of the church. His name is Jesus Christ. And he told me that his house is supposed to be full. And so these doors are not going to be closed unless he says to close them. And obviously he's not going to say that. And so we stayed open and uh, for about. For about three, four weeks, uh, we were, uh, it was kind of okay. We ended up having a bunch of people uh, in the community driving around, shooting videos, trying to trying to villainize us and turn us into the super spreader, the evil killers and all that kind of stuff. Eventually, it got so big on social media 
uh, that our local government had to do something about it. And so in about, uh, after about three weeks, I got a, uh, I got a cease and desist letter from the Stevenson County health department telling me that, uh, either shut down or else. And so I called the, uh, the state's attorney who actually is a person that I know personally and in conversation with him, I'm like, you know, so what's going on here? What, what happens if I defy this order and I stand on my first amendment rights and he sent me the documentation, it's two years in jail tens of thousands of dollars in fines. And, uh, and he said, he basically said, Hey, they're real serious about this. They're not playing. Um, I said, so, okay. So I hung up with him and then I started the very long process over a week long process of trying to find a lawyer. And this is where I have to be careful in my, in testifying to this because I was, I was incredibly disheartened. And I'm not going to name names, but I called every one of the big law firms, the $100 million law firms that are out there, you know, asking everybody for money because they are the Christian ones. They are protecting religious liberties. They are defending the church. They are defending pastors. They are out there. You know, I called every one of them and it was crickets. I couldn't even get a human being to call me back. And so finally, just out of, I don't know, kind of uh, leading of the Holy Spirit, I guess, I called the Thomas More Society, which this isn't even their thing. You know, their thing is mostly protecting um, the sidewalk counselors in, from the uh, Planned Parenthood. And I just happened to call them. Uh, a couple of days later, I got a call from one of the attorneys at the Thomas More, which was one of the first human beings that I had ever talked to in any of these contexts to all these organizations. And uh, he said, OK, real quick, give me the five minute version of what's going on and why you need a lawyer. And so about six minutes into me telling him, he basically interrupted me. He said, look, I told you you got five minutes. Now wrap it up. So I'm like, oh, great. So I wrapped it up, um, hung up the phone. I'm like, that's another dead end, you know, and I'm like, Jesus, I need some help here because I, I'm a guy that pastors a church. We're about 10 years old. Our church is about 10 years old. It's planted in a town that's got 3,000 people. And so I, I, and it's out here in the cornfields of Illinois. I don't have, I don't have money. I don't have connections. I don't have lawyers. I don't have lots of people. I don't, I am literally like the, the least of the least of people that would be getting into a national fight against the federal government. <laughs> and which obviously we know that, uh, that God tends to, <laughs> tends to operate that way. And so I'm like, man, I just messed it up. This is the only lawyer that called me back. This, this is, this stinks. And so um, thank God, about two days later, he called me back. He said, hey, um, all of the board members, the, the vice president actually asked me to call you back and have a very lengthy conversation to really find out what's going on because they're thinking they might want to engage with this. Um, so he did. He called me back uh, and we talked for about an hour and a half. He, ends, he, he literally, I can say that he literally is a friend of mine now. He is dear to my heart. Um, and we, uh, we engaged. Hold in on. This, this is the guy that said later. you had five minutes, wrap it up, right? Yep. 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 And, yep. and let me but explain he what he, was, what yep. he really wanted to do from an attorney's point of view is he wanted to go check out your story and find out if this was real. Cause he was really interested, but he didn't want to give any false hope and he didn't want to play games. He just wanted to go. I got to get my ducks in a row before I even engage on this. Either it's dead or I'm going to really go to bat on this thing. And he wanted time to know, didn't he? Yeah. And, and, and some of the other things too is, you know, and even some of the some of the huge uh, patriotic constitutionalists, you know, like I listened to some videos by Rick Green, you know, and he and he I mean, 
few people are as patriotic and as constitutionally oriented as Rick Green. And he basically said in his video, like, hey, guys out there, you're screwed. Like, uh, constitutionally, these governors have the right to, to, to do these emergency orders and, and basically take control of everybody's lives. Since false then, doctrine, ladies and back. gentlemen, that's false. They are not lawmaking bodies. It is. It is. Uh, they're separations <laughs> of then, powers that I speak to all right. the time. That is the solution at the end of our fingertips. Even today, thank heavens to the right. founders that fought so hard to make that reality right. possible. So since then, he's actually, you know, God bless, and I'm not trying to make Rick Green look bad, you know, like he was just using, you know, precedent that there were times in American history that there that they could shut down stuff based upon public emergencies and stuff like that. And so the 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 general consensus across the nation was even among the lawyers, even among the constitutional law firms was they kind of have a right to do this and we really don't want to fight it because we don't really want to be that law firm that fights for a guy to open up his church and then 10,000 billion people die. And so I got it. I understand like this was very, very tenuous for anybody to engage with. But they eventually said, you know what? Um, the constitutional protections, the Bill of Rights is honestly more important than whatever uh, negative fallout we can get from this. And so they decided to represent us. We filed lawsuit against Governor Prisker um within i think a week um uh, that's when everything got really fun <laughs> so now now i'm being dragged across the national stage uh i was on fox and friends i was on cnn i was on abc i was on cbs i was on nbc uh, i was on everything i did about 90 interviews and for the most part they all wanted to turn me into the villain you all know, right the, let's hang on for I a quick pause ladies and gentlemen you okay, are listening yep, go ahead. to liberty roundtable live CBD, not easy, but Sons of Liberty CBD, highest quality CBD I've ever seen. CBD is not pot. It won't get you high. It's 100% legal. It's 100% American made. CBD is mainstream and it works. For my listeners, SonsofLibertyCBD.com is offering a discount of 15% off every product if you use the code WAR15 at checkout. Even better, you can combine this discount with their subscription discount for 25% off. Please support veteran-owned, service-disabled, small business, Sons of Liberty, CBD.com. Just say War 15 to get 25% off. A controversial election in Iran. Chief Justice Ibrahim Raisi elected president today. The outcome considered a foregone conclusion after election officials disqualify many other candidates. Raisi sanctioned by the U.S. and the EU for his human rights record. He'll be Iran's eighth president when he takes office in over a month. Russia wants to work with the U.S. in peace. That coming from Russian President Vladimir Putin this week following his meeting with President Biden. Peace may be hard, though, if cyber attacks continue. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says that issue will be a big part of U.S.-Russia relations going forward. We set the measure at whether over the next 6 to 12 months attacks against our critical infrastructure actually decline coming out of Russia. And we believe that we've set the basis for that. Sullivan also tells CBS News the Biden administration will use every tool available to defend U.S. interests from attacks. Georgia removing what it calls obsolete and outdated voter files from its registration rolls. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger announcing yesterday that over 100,000 names will be removed from the list of registered voters to ensure the integrity of our elections. This is USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with Steve Castle, ladies and gentlemen. So he struggled to find an attorney. The attorney finally called him back. It took forever. But he got one who set up, we're going to take this thing all the way to the bank, right? Yes, sir. Uh, so we, we started our fight. Um, it, was, it was long. It was arduous. Uh, the, I ended up losing half my church. I lost half my board. I lost half my staff. Um, 
because it was there was so much um, negative opinionation over what we were doing that people honestly just didn't know where to fall on this. And I was so secured by the Father and by the Scriptures as to what the response was supposed to be from the authentic church, from the remnant church, that um, I was just willing to go into this and whatever it cost me. I would, I would rather live, fight, and die and do the righteous thing than to live in relative peace and slavery for the rest of my life knowing I did the wrong thing. And so uh, we, we took the fight nationally. Um, we ended up with, uh, with a couple of loses, loss, losses uh, on the front end. We did not get our emergency injunction TRO. The federal judge who was a Clinton appointee was, he literally said, he actually like insulted us that we actually brought this case to his federal, uh, to his federal district. Um, he, he compared us to, we had no more constitutional rights than a movie theater because we don't do anything better than somebody playing a movie. Literally, I mean, like had said some of the most terrible things and these are documented. You can go pull up this case, Castle V Pritzker, and you can literally see a federal judge comparing the, the importance, the, the essentiality of the church is equivalent to a movie theater. And so, uh, so we, uh, we had some losses and I mean, we were really fine and we were alone. It was just Steve Castle and the Thomas More Society against the monster of the, of the COVID and the monster of the federal government. But eventually we got some breakthrough. Um, we slowly started to chalk up some wins along the line. Um, then, then, uh, about four weeks after I filed my lawsuit, um, God bless these, uh, God bless these guys. But there was a bunch of other pastors and ministers around the nation that said, Hey, wait a minute. Um, this, uh, Steve's right. We need to be fighting this. And so lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit started to get filed. And, and you probably know a little of the history of the bigger churches, you know, some of the ones in California, um, the Romanians, uh, out of Chicago. And so some of these, and, and I appreciate churches, their efforts, I, but I to some little, degree their Johnny comes lately, right? <laughs> well, um, Jesus actually told a parable that that uh, that a vineyard owner went out into the marketplace to get workers at six o'clock in the morning and picked up everybody and then came back at noon and picked up everybody and came back at four o'clock and picked up everybody. And the moral of the of the parable was that everybody got the same reward because eventually they did go to work. And so I'm fine with these guys that it took them a minute to get into the fight because, uh, you know, when I was in the middle of this. And I'm and fine with it, too, because I'm glad they came to the party, Steve. But what I want to get across is, you know what? What takes a movement is one stands up and they say they're nuts. Two stands up and they say, okay, there's a, there's a couple of nuts. Three stand up and they go, oh, this is interesting. Four or five start to stand up, and pretty soon it becomes the, hey, the in thing to do. That's how they kind of start movements. And, and yeah. I bring that up not because I want to attack those who came late. I'm grateful they came. I concur. And not because I want to attack those who didn't even stand up. But what I really want to do is set the precedent to say, ladies and gentlemen, it's up to you and me. It's up to we, the people, to say, look, I want to obey the law, but I'm going to insist on the checks and balances set forth by our founding fathers in the supreme law. Okay, this isn't about arguing. This isn't about attacking. But it is about understanding next time this comes to a theater near you, pardon the pun, since they mocked us as a movie theater, nothing better than a movie theater. When it comes to a theater near you, I beg you to stand. 
Don't wait. Don't just pontificate. Don't just uh, say, well, somebody else will do it. Don't just say, I'm right behind you, but we can't see you in the rearview mirror. Don't do that stuff. Double down and deliver, my fellow Americans, peacefully within the law for the sacred cause of liberty. And, and that's the reason that I spend time on that. I'm not attacking anybody, but I really want to set the record straight on what it's going to take for us to move to the next level in restoring our sacred country. Steve, that's really important for people to get. Yeah, it is. It, it's absolutely appropriate, you know, what you said. One of the things that I would say that I had going for me that maybe some other ministers don't, and I'm trying to I'm trying to filter through this, is that I really had pure, uh, I was, I had acuity from heaven as to what this was about. And I knew, I knew the scriptures and I knew that what Jesus paid for by his stripes, we are healed. And so I had no fear of any kind of a virus. I haven't been sick in 20, 26 years. And so I, I actually believe in divine health. I actually believe when the Bible says by his stripes were healed, that it actually means what it means. And so there were some things that I probably had going for me that not every minister had going for him. But, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, Mark Twain said it this way. He said, in the beginning of a change, the patriot is a scarce man and brave and hated and scorned. When his cause succeeds, the timid join him, for then it costs nothing to be a patriot. And the, the reason that Mark Twain <laughs> made that statement was because he was looking at the American Revolution and he realized not all of the founding fathers are not all of the people that came behind the founding fathers had the same uh, had the same zeal and the same passion for these things. But eventually they got it. Eventually they got it. And then we had the American Revolution. And so I'm okay with being the tip of the spear, as long as other people are riding the spear as we pierce through the lies of the darkness. And so, and so when we got, and that, that quote was so apropos to what we were going on, because I got thousands, Sam, I got thousands of messages from Christians and from pastors during the course of this fight that were villainizing me. And they were going to come and shoot me. And they were going to come to my house and they told me what my address was. And they were going to shoot my family in front of me because I was an evil, wicked person. They were going to bomb my church. They were going to have snipers sit outside my church and kill people as they were coming and going. These were Christians, pastors. And, and, and I know that that's shocking for you to hear this, but this was the vitriol. This was the anger that was being stirred up by this narrative. And so I understand that some of these pastors like really honestly didn't know where to fall on this deal. And so that's why I give them a ton of grace. All I'm saying is it, I don't care where you fell in March of 2020. Where do you fall now? Do you believe in the power, the authority, and the opportunity that the church brings? Do you believe that God actually wants to rule in the affairs of man? Do you believe, like Charles Finney said, that if our politics become so corrupt that the very foundations of our government are ready to fall away, then the pulpit is responsible. That is why this COVID thing was about the church. This was never about um, the cabal. This was never about control. This was, this was getting rid of the church, getting rid of the people of God so that the people of the enemy could have their way in financially, in, in slavery, and, and, and everything they want to do, they have to get the church out of the way in order for them to be successful. This pandemic was about shutting down the church and about stealing an election 
so that they could get away with what they were doing. And I, for one, was going to say, hey, you can shut down some of those other churches, but you're not shutting this one down. I'm going to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to preach it even more so. Hebrews 10.25 so really, says that. You stood up, and I'm grateful that you did, Steve, but let's be very clear about this. For you to be able to, one, have the foresight and understanding of what was going down so early in the game, for you then to be able to have the... Um, guts to stand up and to reach out and to hunt down and find an attorney for an attorney to dismiss you at first but then decide to come aboard for you and the attorney to go the judge against you and everything else uh, for this to happen really is a miracle that we can only uh, really give credit to god almighty for that's exactly right uh uh george washington our first president and general washington he would he would call it divine providence he would call it the smile of providence. And I, I honestly agree. Um, but one of, the, one of the things that is absolutely important for any believer to understand is that the kingdom of God works by grace and faith. You know, it is by grace that we are saved through faith, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, so that, uh, so that we can accomplish the, we are the workmanship of God so we can accomplish the works that God has given us. So it's by grace that you are saved. So grace is God's part. Grace is offering us things that we don't deserve. Grace is offering us divine empowerment. Grace is offering us supernatural ability. But faith is our part. That's how we connect with what God is trying to offer us. You know, he offers salvation to all men. He offers forgiveness to all men, but not all men receive that. And so in this, in this particular situation, he offered me a grace to be a part of him doing what he was doing at this time in bringing this great awakening. I just had the, <laughs> I had the fortuitousness to actually say, I receive it and put my faith towards it. And then he did his divine part. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve goes to court and wins to keep churches open across Illinois, a landmark case to say the least. We're calling it divine providence, divine intervention. Final segment in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live Radio Talk Show. Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West. 
at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Two hours special guest, stevecastle.com. Steve is the first pastor in the nation to file a federal lawsuit on First Amendment charges, rejecting the lockdowns, defending churches and Christians. He beat Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, into submission, opened up all churches in Illinois, ladies and gentlemen. Others came to the party and are standing on the same principles that Steve has, and good for them. We call it divine providence, divine intervention. Thanks be to Almighty God. Steve? Wow. Well, <laughs> well, amen. Uh, so when we, uh, when we engaged in this, obviously, um, there, was, there was a bunch of folks that had to figure out where they stand. And, and, and there's still a ton of people there. There are people in your audience that are trying to, to still trying to figure some things out, you know, exactly where their responses are, how they're supposed to, to move forward from this moment. And, um, one of the things I'll tell you as someone that's on the forefront of this fight as a tip of the spear is that this war is already active. It's already engaged. Every person in this world is already thrust into a war and now it's not time to figure out whether you're actually in it or not now is the time to actually engage they are coming for your children they are coming for the purity of their minds they are coming for your grandchildren they are coming for our liberties they are trying to enslave humanity they are trying to twist up all the knowledge they're trying to bring propaganda and narratives and this is not the time to decide uh where you fall on this deal, this is the time to take up righteous arms, the sword of the spirit. I'm not talking about obviously any kind of physical activity, but to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the truths that we've been given us, the eternal truths that have been laid out for 2000 years and for us to go into the darkness and to cut away the attacks of the enemy that are trying to come for the church that are trying to come for our children and this is this is something that uh, is so disheartening to me. Even now, when we have this massive patriotic movement, when we have a bunch of people that are recognizing that they need to get back to God, never in our nation's history, we are almost 400 years old of people being uh, on this continent, um, establishing this particular form of government. And, and 400 years, never, never in the entire history of this nation do we have church attendance at, it, at the level that it is today, which is under 50%? Less than 50% of America right now attends church. And here's the other thing, too. They're okay with it. It's not like they're, you know, I need to get back or anything like that. This, these, are actually, these are actual responses from the American populace that says, hey, I, we're just not going to do it no more. 
And then we wonder why the darkness has seeped into our government, seeped into media, seeped into uh, into our schools, seeped into every every way of thinking of man is because we're not gathering together and hearing truths together in unity so that we know exactly how to respond when the enemy does this. One of the reasons that he was so successful was shutting down the believers, shutting down the church so that he can accomplish what he wants is because the believers as a whole have been disunified and incongruent with the messages of heaven for a very long time. As, 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 as displayed by this statistic that less than 50% of America is attending church. And I get it. There's a, it has become the cool thing. It is literally the coolest thing in the world to say, yeah, I'm a believer, but I don't go to church. And I understand that. But Jesus went to church. <laughs> Even in the broken Judaism system that he was, he was in the synagogue every day. He was, he was in the temple every Sabbath. He was, he was engaging in a system that he was trying to change. When we're trying to change something, that doesn't mean that you disengage. It actually means you engage more. Hebrews 10.25 says that, do not forsake the assembling together. Do not forsake it. And then, it's, then it goes on to say, as some have been doing. So they had the same problem in the first church. There were people that were laying out there, people like, I don't know if I want to do this, engage with this church thing. You know, I think the preacher just wants my money. You know, I don't like the color of the carpet. You know, that one person that sits at the other end of the pew, you know, they smell bad. There's, yeah, there was, Betty sings too is, loud in the choir off key for crying out loud. I'm not going. <laughs> That's right. This isn't a new thing. It's not like this This is a brand new dynamic in American 2021 culture that people don't, they have problems and issues with gathering together. You know, a lot of people, I, I can't tell you how many hundreds, maybe even thousands of people at this point, that when we shut down, when the world said lockdown, six foot distancing, wear a mask and stay at your house, I can't tell you how many people were relieved. Because they don't like people. They don't like to be in public. They don't like to engage with people. There was a ton of people that was like, yes, I can play video games for 12 hours a day and still get a check. But, so, and so to think that, uh, that, that it's easy, it's, it's, it's very normal in our human nature to gather together in a building, um, to worship together, to believe together, to, uh, to, to deal with their thought processes together. That, that, that's a hard thing to do. But one of the things about the kingdom, the kingdom, the king of the kingdom never asks us to do easy things. He asks us to do the hard things. The easy things are why we got into the mess that we're in. And so it is time for us to, to go back in, to become the remnant church, to be that ecclesia that called out ones who gathered to legislate over what the, what the world is supposed to be looking like, which is the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, we, to give Jesus the reward for the suffering that he paid on our behalf, which is... Amen to that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Steve Castle. He's an elected official on the Republican Central Committee. BelovedChurchIllinois.com, SteveCastle.com, his websites. And he really mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, now is not the time to hesitate. I get it. Back in March 2020, you were kind of like, oh, man, this is how we better do something. We better protect ourselves. I get that momentary, I'm not sure what to do deal. But now a year later, when we've exposed everything on the radio that they've been telling you is a flat-out dishonest narrative, it's a lie. Now you've got to stand up and say, hey, where do I sit? 
Where am I? For example, the governor of Illinois tried to shut down churches. Steve went to court and proved he had no authority. Churches got opened. This proves what happens when people stand, ladies and gentlemen. We need to go big. And we're going big for the Arise USA tour that's going on this Monday at Smith and Edwards Park. I guess it's Smith Park. It's Monday, June 21st, 4 p.m. at Liberty Hall. Then they move to Smith Family Park. Incredible speakers, incredible free event. Please be there. I will. Richard Mack will be there and many others. Now, by the way, I just want to mention that Donald Trump said in a statement through his Save America PAC that now the mainstream media has admitted that he was right about everything they lied about before the election. If that doesn't show you their dishonest narrative, I don't know what does. Listen to this headline because it illustrates the point even further. Scientist Alina Chan, representing many other scientists, said we dismissed the lab leak theory because Trump promoted it. Wow. It was scarier to be associated with Trump and to become a tool for racists, she went on to say. Now, this is the where they're dishonest. They lied to you and said they were on the side of science. Now we've exposed that lie. So you ask me, Sam, what have you done since you became aware? There's an awakening for all of us. There's, when you grow up, there's a time to realize that you're responsible for your agency and your thoughts and your beliefs and your actions before God, right? The accountability idea. Then there's an awakening, uh, I don't know if I should say politically, but morally as well, where you say, hey, can I carry out these lies or do I got to stand against it? When I discovered it all, I started nationally syndicated Liberty News Radio. I got involved with LovingLiberty.net for nationally syndicated radio. I went and sold a house and bought a radio station. Why? So I could learn to tell the truth. Now we're celebrating the 25th year anniversary of Liberty Roundtable Live. I've been at it for a long time. And ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand that it's time for each one of us to get on our knees before God and find out what is our role in his kingdom. Where do I fit in? How do I uh, take and do what God wants me to do to participate in the restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth? And I've found my spot. Steve's found his. You, my fellow Americans, need to find yours. Speaking to that very topic, Chris, Utah, you're on the radio with Steve. Steve, real quick, I commend you for your courage in the face of opposition. We are told that about 75% of America's population is Christian. And I've, you know, looking at uh, some of the current events and how uh, so-called Christians have responded to it lately, I kind of doubt that statistic. But if we could have more men like you, Steve, and, and obviously Sam, and hopefully myself, I can consider to be part of that group. Um, we can restore Christianity. We can restore constitutional principles in this land. And, Steve, if you're ever out here in Utah, please get a hold of Sam. I will take both you and Sam and your wives out to dinner. I would love to meet you, buddy. And thank you for your service to the kingdom. Well, I'm, I'm there you have it, Steve. Chris, you want to respond and, to Chris? Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm honored. Chris, thank you so much. So here's the thing. Uh, we've been we've been very good as a society and very good as Christians about complaining about the problem and whining about how terrible it is and not actually being part of the solution. So, Chris, due to the fact that you recognize the problem, my encouragement to you is to absolutely engage. Go to your church, um, find out how to engage your pastor or get to a church that that has a pastor that will engage. 
And I promise you, if I've ever in Utah, if uh, if Sam invites me out to Utah to preach and, or or to teach and you know do to do something with Sheriff Mac, I will call you first because uh, I've heard Utah has real good steaks. We're gonna make it happen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he will come to Utah. We'll work on it. Um, I'm, I've got all kinds of connections to make that happen. It'll be an incredible event. We'll keep you posted on that. Remember the Monday event on the 21st. You're gonna go to that, Chris. I'm going to try, Sam, and I'm going to try Take to a break from work, buddy, and get there, man. All right, we're going to let Chris fly. I'm going to wrap up the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this broadcast will be available at libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. Let me tell you the cool last tidbit. So we got a call from Steve. This is how we know him. He wants to become part of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. When I say he, I don't mean just Steve. I mean his whole church. So we're now working on a church membership for CSPOA where churches can become part of the CSPOA, standing peacefully with your law enforcement officials uh, to keep peace officers and help them understand and keep their oaths of office. And Steve's church is going to join. He's first in a lot of things, suing the government to keep churches open. Now he's first to stand shoulder to shoulder for the sacred cause of keeping one's oath in government or elected service. And he's going to set the standard for that as well. And we're putting together a plan for churches to join. And Steve is helping us pilot that program. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. For all that you do, my friend, I'll be in touch soon. It's an honor, Mr. Bushman, and God bless you and what you're doing for our nation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there he is. I'm delighted and grateful to be standing shoulder to shoulder with patriots like Steve, like Richard Mack. Like the people that run this radio network, LovingLiberty.net, Kathy Smith, the people behind the scenes you never get to hear from, they know who they are, and they're just as important as I am, ladies and gentlemen. Just because I am on the radio, I'm kind of the front man and get the credit. Their work is just as valuable. We're all part of the body of Christ, and thank the good Lord we are. I testify he lives, he loves us, and he invites us to repent and enjoy the fruits of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Liberty is sacred. Stand up for it, would you please? I'm Sam Bushman. God save the Republic of the United States of America.